Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Mayshore and I have got Dan Locke here. He has millions of followers online. He is an amazing digital marketer. He teaches sales training and I've personally actually been to his sales training. It is phenomenal. And I have seen this man grow like wild bonkers. We actually were in the inner circle together with Russell Brunson. And Dan, I'm so honored to have you. you you've just done so much. Tell the world a little bit more about you. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Well, the, the honors, my thing when we when we met, uh, that was uh, quite a few years ago, right? And I think at a time, I think in, in, I must have less than one million followers, if, if I remember correctly. That was quite a few years ago. And, and we've grown since then with social media and everything else. And what's interesting is uh, a lot of people, they, they saw me online on social media, and they would say, oh, you know, you know, you know Dan kind of came out of nowhere. Um, the truth is I've been, I've, I've been doing this since in my early 20s, right? I've been doing teaching and consulting for more than, 18, I can't even imagine, 18, 19 years now. So I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I got started as a copywriter, actually. Um, I think I shared this story with uh, Inner Circle. Uh, my first mentor, Alan, he taught me, uh, taught me under, uh, kind of taught me on his wings and taught me about marketing and how everything works. He was actually the first person who brought Robert Kiyosaki to Canada, right? It was oh, how, wow. early, how early that was. And I started writing copy just for other people. And then later on, transitioned that into, because I thought, hey, you know, I could write copy for other people. Maybe I could write copy for myself, right? Um, and I went online. I think that was early, early on. I still remember the first course uh, that I purchased was from, I don't know if you know, like from Corey Rudo. Uh, that was back early, early on. Uh, he was the first guy that actually put together an online program called Inside the Secrets to Marketing Online, right? He was actually based in Vancouver. And that was very, very early on, and, and we started doing online marketing back then, um, got into affiliate marketing. I never thought that my cooperating skill would transfer to that, right? I never thought about that. Uh, and, and then fast forward today, we've gone through ups and downs. We've done a lot of different things. We've, I've failed at a lot of different things. And, and over the years, I've figured something that works, and hopefully I'll share some of that with who, whoever's turning, tuning in today. You know what, what is, I love, I love what you said is like, oh, we, I met you a few years back and it seems like you've just blown up. You really have been doing this for 20 years. And I think that's super important for people to hear is people see people that are successful and it seems like it just happened overnight, but really it, 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 it took you time and you've gone through trials and errors. I saw you at the, at the upswing, right? Towards the end, that's when I met you and you were, you just like, you know, it seemed like you blew up because I had just met you. And Krista, the way I see, I'm just getting started. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, oh, I love it. You're just getting started. So much, so much further to go. So, okay. So talk to us a little bit, Dan, about what you do. And, you know, right now, people that are watching, tell us some of your successes. When I have, but you can say I'm so much better than me. I mean, you have just blown up 
the internet marketing world. You've made millions of dollars online. The last time I saw you at Funnel Hacking Live, you had this huge entourage of cameras all over you. I was like, oh my gosh, there's Dan. Um, and you're, you're pretty much a big deal, but very humble. So tell us a little bit about your successes. Well, for in terms of successes, I mean, if you talk about revenue and dollars and cents, right? I mean, last few years, we've grown our full social media from, I think from, well, from the beginning, nothing to now over close to 10 million followers. Uh, as a business, we've generated over $100 million in high ticket sales and coaching sales. Uh, in terms of students, uh, the students are trained using my method, they have produced over $34.2 billion in documented revenue. Um, how do we know it's 34.2? Because I have the same system that uh, Funnel uh, Russell uses, like the awards, because we have those awards as well within my community. So in order to get the award, they have to submit document proof. Yeah. So I think that's that's what we've done. We've done we did that in the in the last four or five years. Man, years. yeah, thirty-two billion dollars of sales from your students. Yeah. That is yeah. so so impressive. And, and, and now even I say it sounds so unbelievable. I know it sounds so. I, I look at the numbers. It feels unbelievable, right? Um, and it's incredible. And it's not because that is anything like everything I've done, Krista. It's not because I don't think everything anything I teach is talent based, right? Everything I teach is technique based. And it's technique based that I could transfer to other people that they could do the same thing. Because if I'm good, that's one thing, but how could I make you good? That's another thing, right? And I, think I that's absolutely that we could talk about today. I love that. How can you how can you transfer your skill and your knowledge onto somebody else? So yes. when somebody is looking at you right now, and hmm. can you kind of bring us through your journey of where you were to where you're going? Bring us through your journey and talk about some of the lessons you learned, some of the things that you did, um, you know, well, some of the things that you wish that you maybe you didn't do so well. And then hmm. I'm just going to leave the floor to you and let you teach. Uh, so so many other many things I didn't do so well. Still today, I have many things I, I still don't do well. Um, I'll share a quick story with you. Uh, one of my kind of claim to fame, it was, I was conducting a two-day workshops back then, a number of years ago, and just, because I was marketing online, and I never thought of becoming a teacher. This is, like, this is not what I thought I would do. I was just behind the scenes working on my own business and things like that. And we we're talking about early, early, back in the days, before even Google pay-per-click, we were doing pay-per-click on like GoTo. Overture back then, the first pay-per-click search engine, how early that was. We were optimizing SEO for Yahoo, <laughs> if you remember, like for, for SEO. And I was doing all these kind of ninja things and some of the other business owners, they were asking me, well, how do you market online? Like, how do you actually do it? And so I have my computer, I said, well, you do this and this and this and this, just kind of do it that way. And they were like, this is incredible. Like, can you teach us how to do this? I said, what do you mean teaching? You just do this. There you go. Like, don't don't buck me. Just go for it. I said, no, 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 no. Can you actually do something? Can you? And then, okay, fine. You know, I spent two hours teaching them, right? And then after two hours, no, no, no. We need more, right? Can we get a few people, and then you can actually show all of us how to do it? So before you know it, I was teaching a smaller group, like five, ten people, twenty people, and then from two hours went to four hours into one day, and then I've discovered I actually have an ability to simplify very complicated subjects. I didn't know I have this this ability. And then from then, anyway, one time I was conducting a two-day workshop. And after the workshop, uh, a lady, a couple came up to me, right? And say, hey, Dan, you know, it's awesome. Two days, you've been teaching me about internet marketing. And it's like, you know, Dan, I've got a, a product, some products here that we're selling these little beads, right? That, on, uh, that, that we're selling in our little store, a little jewelry. And, you know, could you, could you, could you help us with that? I said, well, this is not 
it's not, I don't, I teach, but I don't, I don't ponder of it. it's not what I do. And said, no, but I think it's something special. You should, you should check it out. I said, okay, what, what are these things? You show me these like little, little beads. I'm like, okay, who's gonna, like, I didn't know the industry. I thought who's gonna buy this stuff? Who's gonna buy this stuff? I don't know. Right? He said, no, you gotta come, you gotta come see it. So I said, fine, I'll go see it. So I went to, uh, we remember it's a, it's a Sunday and I went to visit her store. It was in Langley in Vancouver, right? So I went to her store. It's a furniture gallery about 8,000 square feet. And she gave me a little tour, right? She said, hey, Dan, I've got this furniture store, furniture gallery, right? Uh, we do about a million dollars a year with the two floor, 8,000 square feet, right? Not much profit, but that's what we do. And then she showed me a little about, about desk, about this glass desk, about this display, about this big. She said, that, this little section here at the corner, that's a million on its own, this little, little thing, selling these little, little beads. And I thought, okay, wow, that's interesting. that's interesting, right? And then because it was a Sunday, I saw a lot of like ladies just crowding over these jewelries and just like buying them. And I was like, what, what is this, right? She said, okay, I think there's a market for it. And so we partnered up, we actually set up a partnership. And from there, now I still don't know any, anything about this line of jewelry. And she said, I am the only person, there's another person, the only two people in the entire Canada that has the distribution right to sell this online. The other person, my competitor, quote unquote, doesn't know internet marketing, so we'll be the only game in town, right? So I, we've, we, I spent a few months building a website, getting it ready, you know, and do what I do, driving traffic to it and getting sales. Well, it turned out the brand is called Pandora. Oh my gosh. Right? It turned out the brand is called Pandora. And this is, this is crazy. So now remember the, 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 the offline shelf, right? We're doing a million a year. Within three months, our online sales surpassed the store sales, three months, right? And within, I think within a four or five period of time, every single online purchase that is anyone buying Pandora online, they bought it through us. They bought it through us, right? And we were just making so much money. It was crazy. It was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for my business partners as a couple, right? Um, that they have, they do this business together and I would focus on the marketing and she would focus on the fulfillment and, and product selection and things like that. Until, right? Until Pandora <laughs> found us, kind of found us, she said, they were calling us, okay, we notice you are placing all these orders online because we order inventory. So how could a store from a little city order more inventory than a flagship? There's no way, like something is off. Well, what are these guys doing? And then they realize, oh no, they're not selling it through the store. They are selling it online. All the orders from Canada were through this particular website. They were like, oh no, 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 you don't do that. So then, because we have the rights, right? We could do it, but then corporate, they say, okay, no, we're gonna take back the rights. We're gonna sell it on our own, right? Basically screw the distributors. But within a four or five period of time, four or five years period of time, we've, we've made a significant amount of profits, right? Uh, and that was one of our- about it, You didn't even know what, you didn't know what, these, what they were, right? So like- you didn't I don't know, know who they were. You're a marketer, so you take one person that's good at one thing and you combine it with, what you're good at and then wham you know i'm surprised it took them four or five years to figure it out <laughs> yeah, i didn't know i didn't know and there was there was an e-com business that i was i was involved in and at the time um canada just canada post just introduced the 
online retailer of the year. That was the first year, and we won the online retailer of the year award the first year, right? So I always have that trophy in my office. Hey, Canada Post first year. I mean, that that's us, and that's great. But more than that, it's it taught me something, though, Krista. It taught me something about hey, if I can find a need, I can find a need in the marketplace that's not being fulfilled, and there's that opportunity, even though I don't fully understand how it works. But I jumped into it, kind of took a leap of faith, and I'm glad I, I took the leap of faith because that was it was. And now we're still good, very good friends with my with my partners. And since then, of course, we've done many many other things. But that that was pretty incredible. I like that. You 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 can find an area of opportunity. Everyone hear that? You find an area of opportunity, and then you go for it. I was taking a training today, and they were talking about how you know you just have to look for areas of opportunities. Even if you're not an expert in something, you can learn about something and hire the right people, and then become an expert and help people. Awesome. Okay, so you teach people how to sell, um, and I, I know that like you know that works for any industry. Um, the people that I serve, they're you know, entrepreneurs, real estate agents, lenders, and they, they're selling themselves all the time. Can you give us some of your strategies and tactics to help, help the average business person, um, entrepreneur that even works in brick and mortar? Like what would, you, what would you give them some sales tactics? For sure, for sure. Actually, put in a chat, how many, put up your hand, how many of you do, do, do sales? Put up your hand. How many sell something for a living, right? Every hand should go up. Yes. Every hand should go up, right? Sure. We, all, we all sell something. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're selling a product or selling a service, selling, uh, selling yourself or selling a brand or even kids. How many have kids? Put up your hand. You have kids. Right? You got you to sell your kids, hey, eat veggie and don't eat chocolate. You're selling all the time, right? And what I think what I particularly focus on is not just sales, but closing. And there's a difference, right? Most people don't know how to communicate. Fewer know how to sell. Almost no one knows how to close. So let's say if you've been talking to a lot of prospects, right? And you're talking to them and, and you have a lot of conversations, but at the end, if you don't close that sale, you, you're, you're not gonna collect that check, right? You're not gonna be able to generate, generate that revenue. And most people don't understand this. And most people, I think they have problems when it comes to selling is because they have negative association with selling, right? They're like, think about when I say the word, actually, let's try that, put in the chat. When I say the word salesperson or salesman, what, what, what word pops into your mind? Put it in the chat. Sales, a salesperson, used car, uh, uh, used car stick oil, what else? What else, right? Sleazy, what else? Slimy, lying, scammers, right? They just want your money. They don't care about anything else, right? So, Growing up, we have a lot of negative association with sales. So when we want to go out there and sell our products and services, we tend to, we tend to kind of not feel very comfortable. And sometimes you notice this for speaker, right? You have a speaker that's they're teaching, they're doing, they're, like, they're doing what they do, they're delivering value. The minute they transition to making an offer, you could see the whole body language just change, right? Like they, they, they start speaking faster. They're like, well, you know, if you like my talk, I'm just gonna spend five minutes talking about, you know, some things I offer, if it's okay with you, right? Like, it's like, what happened to that person? Because they feel uncomfortable with selling, right? And selling is not about you, us pushing our agenda and try to sell people something they don't want. I don't believe that. Please write this down, right? Uh, I believe closing, not just selling, Closing, it's about finding out the needs that your prospects 
have and give them what they want. It's about making it, it's about them, it's not about us. So let me give you a very simple concept to so kind of bring this home, okay? So most people, when they want to sell high tickets, they would sell and lead with what I call ROI. So let's say they lead with ROI, meaning they lead with features and benefits, right? You know, what am I going to get when I buy your products and services? Kind of the positive, right? What am I going to get? So let's say if you sell coaching, right? Hey, if you buy my coaching program, these are all the great things that will happen to you, right? These are all the benefits you're going to get, right? The, these, these, this outcome that you're going to get. Well, that's fine when you're selling products and services, when, but when it comes to selling high ticket, and I define high ticket, anything that's 10000 above, between a $10,000 and $100,000 program, and anything that's above 100000 to a million, that's ultra high ticket. So, with me so far? ROI. The problem with ROI is your prospects don't believe it. They don't believe it because it's based on a future. It's a probability. So what I teach is instead of leading with ROI, you should lead with COI. And that is cost of inaction. Cost of inaction. Now, why is this important? Because ROI, this is focused on the future. Your, your COI is focused on your present, right? This is probable, meaning I might get it, I might not get it, I don't know. COI, it's undeniable. This is where you are at now. So let me give an example. So I could say, hey, uh, if you, you invest in my program or you buy my courses or you come to my event, let's say I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars. ROI. Doesn't matter how many case studies you have, doesn't matter how credible you are, you have a whole lot of people who say, you know what, I don't believe that. I don't think I can do that. I don't think uh, 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 it's possible for me. It's just not possible. That's, so I'm not gonna buy your program because I, not that I don't believe you, maybe I don't even believe in myself that I could do it. ROI, right? That's a probability. But COI, I will look at, okay, so how much money are you making now? Well, I'm making $100,000 a year. Okay, how much do you want to make? Well, I want to make a million dollars a year. Okay, so if I want to lead with COI, I would say, don't buy my program. Don't do anything. What would it cost you not to do business with me? What would it cost you to keep this problem? So, you know what? I'm making $100,000. I actually want to make a million dollars a year. Well, so that means by not solving this problem, and maybe with, with me, maybe with somebody else, doesn't matter, but by not knowing what I know, that is costing you $900,000 a year. Every year, you do not figure this out. So buy or don't buy, it doesn't matter, it's costing you $900,000, because that is the gap, that is the potential, that's where you want to get to, but you're not there, clearly there's something we, you don't know. So you lead with that and say, hey, who cares what I charge? My program is X. Well, you're paying $900,000 for whatever you anyway. Is this the difference? Now I can, I can I lead with this and I back it up with now, but with my solution, I'm gonna give you A, B, C, and D that will get you that result. But I lead with this. Does that make sense? Put a hand, right? So you lead with your COI first versus ROI. Because this, and look, let's look at it this way. The world, how many would agree, it's a little bit more, it's, it's 
kind of leading toward negative than positive. People want to watch bad news than good news. So when you lead with something that's pain driven versus just outcome driven, people are more likely to pay attention, right? It's one thing to say, I can help you get the results. It's a whole other thing to say, hey, these things, these are the things that are costing you money. These are the things that are slowing you down. These are the things that are, that are preventing you from getting what you want, right? You know, everybody needs the help. It's like, that's, you know, uh, Dan Sullivan, the book, ask who, not how, right? Yes. You can Google anything, but you need the people to help you get where you're going that's already done the thing. Yeah. And that there's so much to be said about that because you know what not to, you know, the trials, you know, the errors, you know, uh, you know, and you can just fast track your results. You can like collapse time frames when you learn from a mentor. I, I think it's just, I've, I've seen it. We've seen it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's why I love selling. I mean, selling to me is service. I love selling. I love making the offer because I know that people, I want to help people. And I know that without my help, they, they just, they won't get there. One they, thing that has helped me, maybe that will help you as well. One thing I realized is this, you can't help them if you don't sell them. I am so excited about our challenge that we're doing right now to help you get through your stumbling box, to get you excited and motivated and happy and to create more wealth, success and happiness in your life. It is free, it's 21 days long, you can join at any time. Just go to limitlessprosperity.com. That's limitlessprosperity.com. I will be teaching live every single day from eight 30 a.m. Pacific until 9 a.m. Pacific. Then we have accountability coaches to help move you forward and get you the results that you need. So just go to LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com and I will see you there. Oh, yeah. Like you may think, oh, well, you know, I don't want to push or I'm afraid to make an offer. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should. Well, knowing if they don't do something, meaning if they don't invest or they don't some, put someone on the line, chances of them solving their problems, chances of them better their lives or better their business is zero to none. Mm -hmm. Because when there's no skin in the game, there's no game. If they invest, if especially if they invest at a high level, chances of them doing something is much greater. Much, yeah. much greater. You guys all hear that? Do you all hear that? You should love to sell because people need your help. So think about what it is that you're doing and be excited about selling, especially if you're good at what you do and you're constantly investing in your education, your knowledge to be the best that you can be to add the most value, knowing that you're the best person. You should love to be making offers, to be selling your service because they need your help to get there. Yeah. And if you believe in what you do, you should do everything you possibly could to motivate, influence, right? The prospect to take an action. I'll give you an exact example just to, to kind of bring, bring this home. So an example, let's say, since I teach closing, because many people ask me, what's the difference? It's, the, it's easier if I demonstrate. So let's say if, how many of you ever talked to a prospect, let's say on the phone call, or one-on-one, -on -one, and at the end of the conversation, they say to you, well, that sounds very good. I just, I need to think about it. I need to think <laughs> yes. about it. From the chat, have you ever heard that before, right? Yeah, I need, it's good. I kind of like it, but I want to I think about it. So now if you want to quote unquote do traditional sales, a lot of people, they say, they would say something like, well, what do you need to think about? Literally, like I, I hear people ask it all the time. Like, let, what do you need to think about? Well, let's think about it together, right? Well, that's a lot of convincing. That's not closing. So the way I teach is this. Now, what if there's a way you could 
pre-frame that so this objection doesn't even come up. And one of the things I believe in is you don't get objections. Please write this down. You don't get objections. You create objections. Love it. Every single objection that you get, if your price is too high, anything about it, I talk to my spouse or send me a proposal, all that stuff, it's all because there's something that we say or something that we don't say or the way that we say it, we triggers those objections. So one of the things that you could do, and here's a script that you can use word for word. So maybe let's say I'm talking with, with Krista, right? So that's before the conversation, let's say we have a, a call, right? Now, how do I eliminate the objection from coming up? Not handling it, I would pre-frame the conversation. So I would say something like that. Hey, Krista, I'm so excited. I'm happy that we're talking today to see if it's, uh, we could help your company, that we could, we, could, we could help you solve some of these problems. Now, before we, we dive into it, before I ask you some questions, can we make a simple agreement? Yes. Now, at the end of a conversation, Krista, you can say three things to me. The first thing you could say is yes, and you feel like we could help you and this is a good fit, we'll move forward and that's good. The second thing that you could say is no, and I want you to know it's perfectly okay to say no to me. Now, the third thing that you could say that I don't want you to is, I wanna think about it. Because usually when I talk to anyone, when they say, I wanna think, think about it, what they mean is no. They're just trying to be polite. Isn't this the case? Yeah. So can we agree on that? At the end of the conversation, you can tell me yes, or you can tell me a no, but not a, I want to think about it. Yes. Then I dive into it. So you see, and then at the end of the conversation, that doesn't come up. They cannot say, oh, I, I want to think about it. it. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, right? So what if they like need to talk to their spouse? What if they need to talk to their spouse? And they're like, I need to talk to my spouse. I love that. Let's do that. I want to talk to my spouse. So I got to talk to my spouse. Let's say at the end of the conversation, um, let's say Krista, so let's say you go talk to you guys. So we, we've talked about your needs, we know what you want, everything, it's kind of get to the end of the close, and you say, I need to talk to you, I need to talk to my spouse. Go ahead. I get, you know what, Dan, I love what you're saying. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to work with you, but I have to get, I, my husband and I, we don't just make the big decisions like this, I have to talk to my husband. Oh yeah, Krista, I respect it. Uh, how long have you been together with your husband? How long have you been married? 14 years. 14 years, congratulations. And you said you guys make decisions together, you guys work in the business together? Well, well we, we, we have an agreement not to ever make big decisions without talking to each other and agreeing together. Everything, mm. it's, it's, yes. Mm, I respect that. And this is a substantial investment, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And so, uh, by the way, what's your husband's name? Steve. Steve. So would you say you know Steve quite well? Yes. So if you would go to Steve and you say, hey, Steve, we are planning to invest $30,000 with Danlock Company, what do you think Steve is going to say? He, will, he always says yes to me, but we, I still have to talk to him. <laughs> mm. So you think he, he would have no problem investing. So that's $30,000 is within your budget. Yes. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing you think he might say no to? Um, you know, I just respect him and I want him to have the same respect for me. So especially with a $30,000 investment, it's not mm. like it's chump change and we are going to have to move some money around. And, um, you know, it definitely is an investment. I, I totally want to invest in myself, but I also have to talk to him. Mm. Now, since this, this is such an important decision for your business, do you think, I'm just giving ideas. Do you think it would be helpful if we do a call with you and Steve together? So I can kind of explain to Steve directly from us. What are some things that involve and to so see if he actually thinks a good fit? Because I know you're excited, but I want to make sure he's comfortable with it as well. Oh, yes, that, that'd be great. 
Because I don't want because I don't want you to say yes and then he's not comfortable. Then that's not going to work, right? Yes, I, that that's great. What would be a good time to do that? Um, he gets home tonight at six. You can talk to him tonight at six. At six. So let me see. So at six o'clock. So about two hours. Yeah, about about two hours. I mean, about two hours. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Six o'clock. Okay. Okay, so then, so six o'clock, I would call you back. I'll have you and Steve, and just I'll just ask him some simple question and see how he feels about what you're going through, and see if actually he sees us as the solution, the perfect solution for what you guys are facing, right? Yes, yes, perfect. Okay, awesome. Pause. So in this way, off the role play, right? Put in the chat what have you learned, by the way. Yes, yes. Put in the chat what have you learned. Put in the chat. Yeah, because then you want to turn an objection into a commitment. So it's one yeah. thing to say, oh, well, you, you, you talk to Steve and, and get back to me maybe next year. I don't know, right? <laughs> because in this case, this is a legitimate reason, right? Of, hey, you know what? As a couple, they make decisions together. I need to respect how they work together. So let's, because if Krista is doing the translation to Steve, she might miss a few things, right? Versus I do it is, is way better, right? That's number one. Now, number two, if sometimes, by the way, prospects lie, right? Yes, they'll just say that. And then, yeah, they're using now, that as in, an excuse. If, if it's an excuse, that would come up. So let's try that one more time. Let's try that one more time. So Krista, you try that. So, oh, I say, so I'm gonna say, so no, no, we don't need to talk to him. I'll, I'll talk to him on my own. Yeah, no, no Krista, Usually when people say that to me, it's about something else. It's the money, isn't it? Well, it is kind of a lot of money. And, you know, mm. that's more money than I used to make as, as a teacher, a whole year teaching. Mm. So even if you talk to Steve and, and he likes what we do, he wants to move forward, we're not going to do business, are we? Well, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to get the money. Mm. So before I get off the phone, Is there anything that I could do that might help you solve this? Like suppose, I'm not making any promises. Suppose I could finance this for you in some way, maybe break into like payments. Would that make a difference? What do you want me to say, Dan? <laughs> I did it right. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. Um, I don't know. I mean, I want to do it, but it just seems like a lot of money, you know? It is a lot of money. Yeah, it is. A amount of money. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. What would make you feel more comfortable moving forward? If I had a guarantee, forward? I had a guarantee that no matter what, this was going to work for me and I'd make money back. Okay. Suppose I give you the guarantee. What would that look like? Oh God, you're good, Dan. Um, if I did, I could, what, what would the guarantee look like? Well, if I didn't make up my investment within the next six months, that you'd reimburse me. Okay, so basically, you invest the thirty thousand dollars. You're gonna make your money back plus more within six months. If it doesn't work, you get all your money back. Yes. Let's I would do it. I could, if you did that. Let's pretend I could do that for you. What are you gonna say to me? What was that? Let's pretend I could do that for you. Let's be, let's say pretend I could offer that guarantee. Okay. What would happen next? I would sign the paperwork and we'd go for it and I'd get to work. And the 30K is not a problem because it was a problem just two minutes ago. <laughs> I, don't even, 
I, yeah, I, I don't even respond now because, well, I have to get loans and I have to ask my parents for money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're good. That's good. I like that, Dan. I like that. Keep going. Keep going. We're not done. We're keep going. I'm, I'm not even, I'm, I'm a bad, I'm bad at this. No, um, no, nothing. You're not a good, great, perfect prospect. It's that's, really? that's real life. Okay. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, let's keep um, going. Well, I mean, if I had the guarantee, you know, if I had the guarantee, I would make it happen. I'd move money around, I'd take money out of my out of my house, I'd put it on a credit card. I know for sure I would do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this question. Let's say you put $30,000 into it. How motivated would you be to make this work for you? Oh, I'm gonna be, I'm motivated. I'm going to do it. Like, I don't quit it. I don't fail at anything. And I'll just keep going until I, and no matter what. Like, I will never stop, you know. And I know I'll make mistakes, but with your guidance, I'm sure I could do great. On a scale of one to 10, or one being not motivated, 10 being super motivated, would you say you are? A 50. 50. Because really? of the commitment, isn't it? No, I just, I just, I just, I know I'll do it. Hmm. And then is, is there anything else besides the money that would stop you? Um, no, I mean, I know there's a little bit of a time commitment, but I mean, I'll make the time. I'll get up earlier. I'll go to bed later. I'll, I'll make the time. I'll put in the work. Hmm. There's only one problem, Krista. What? I cannot guarantee your results. Because, because, no, because no one could guarantee your results. In fact, if anybody says they can guarantee that you'll make a certain amount of money, they're probably lying to you. I don't want to start a relationship based on a lie. What I could guarantee is all the clients that we have worked with, that if you're willing to do the work, it sounds like you are willing to do the work and you are committed, we will do our very best to serve and help you solve the problem. But I cannot guarantee you'll make X amount of money because I would be out of integrity if I say that to you. So what would you like to do next? Got it. Because you can't guarantee how hard I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. I could guarantee the program produce results, but I can only do half of the work. You have to do the other half. Got it. So what would you like to do? You want to keep saying no, Dan, so you can keep, or, or don't want me to say, okay. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But off the role play, so you can see that. Yes, I it, like it's, it. It's, so there are quite a few layers within that conversation, right? Uh, and it's, the objection is usually not, not what you see on the service, right? So at first, I didn't talk to my spouse. Oh, that's not, that's not the issue. The money is the issue, but you notice in this case, the, the, right, Krista playing the prospect, the issue is not even the money. It's the issue is here. really, if you look at deep deeper, is she's not so sure if this is going to work. Yeah. And how how do we guarantee that we cannot? However, we do know if she's committed at that level, like she said from her words, she will make it work. Mm-hmm. So we are not responsible for the results. We're responsible for the process. Does my process work? If I'm confident about my process and she's willing to do the work, or even as a couple, now there's a chance for success, but there's no guarantee. So I'm not saying that, hey, you have to offer the guarantee. No, but I want to get rid of smoke and mirror. Let's pretend I could give you the guarantee. Are we going to do business? If she still says no, then it's not the guarantee is something else. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to deal with the truth. We can't close dealing with lies. We get to the core of the problem, and usually it's one or two problems, right? You get to that, and, and you see a prospect, when you, when you tell them, when you're that transparent, when you're that direct, they appreciate it. Versus, oh yeah, I can guarantee anything, no problem, you guarantee to make your money, that's a lie. 
Yeah. I, I am very, I have very often said, you know, I cannot guarantee you that. No one could. No one could. Are you okay with that? Are you comfortable with that? I want to make sure that is the real objection, not something that's made up. I hope that helps, right? Just an example. I, we could do this for five hours. So I know. So I find people, it's like, if they say time, money, um, spouse, mm -hmm. fear, yeah. shame or self-doubt like the, sh the shame and stuff I've, I've tried before I didn't do the work I invested it in work I hired the wrong coach mm -hmm. it's one of those things and from what I've learned in my own training and coaching that the, what they tell you the first thing they say typically isn't right right if I say yeah. oh it's time it's probably money if I say it's money it's probably spouse if I say spouse it's probably that you know something I'm else. yeah it's something yeah. else and it's much more powerful it's so interesting because you would know when you're closing and you're doing this right Number one, when your prospect is doing 80% of the talking. You notice, right, I'm mostly asking questions in this case, right? Whoever asks the question controls the conversation. Mm. So when, if I'm talking too much or I'm talking too fast, then it feels like I'm convincing, I'm trying to push, right? I'm trying to push my agenda, right? I'm push my products. No, no, I'm just asking questions because when I say something, it means one thing, but when the prospect says something, it means everything. Can I ask you a favor, Dan? So I have a lot of real estate agents and lenders that I service. And so I'm yes. going to see if you can help me um, go over some objections that an, it's that a real estate agent or a lender, it's different than high ticket coaching, but maybe not. So um, um, one of the things that people will say is commission. So they're like, you know, I'm interviewing other agents and the last agent, you know, uh, Dan, they said that they would sell my house for two and a half percent and you're charging 3%. So I'm not ready to, you know, they, they, I like them. They did a great job. I really like you, but you know, will you do it for two and a half percent? Good, good. So uh, let me, let me, before they do the role play, I'll let me just preframe the conversation a bit, right? Uh, most agents when and i've worked with a number of them one of my mentees gary wong when i met him he was doing two hundred thousand dollars a year right last year he did a million dollars as an agent in vancouver wow. right so all these techniques they apply I, I like i have mentees who sell yacht who sell private jet who sell real estate I, by the way they're 34.2 billion a few billion from real estate for sure right because it's high ticket so when it comes to to selling a house or getting a listing most agents they don't actually close, right? What they do is yeah. they, just, they just show stuff. Hey, two bathrooms, you know, here's the three bedrooms and, and you know, here's, here's, here's the kitchen. Take a look. Right? They, they don't actually close and they don't ask questions. They, they don't do anything. Like I'll, I'll give you one, one, one example, then I'll, I'll circle back to the, to the scenario, the role play. So I was looking at one of the most expensive buildings in just like five minutes away from here in Vancouver, right? Called Fairmount. And I said, okay, let's take a look. So I booked my agent, booked a time with the other agent. Now I showed up, I showed up kind of like this, right? The guy showed up like he's just came back from the gym, right? So he took me to the floor and showed me the unit. Oh, you know, this, how, what's square footage and whatever, how, how, how much it is, I think six, seven million. Uh, so there's, and oh, he's the, he's a, he's a, he's the, we have a swimming pool with all that stuff, right? You know, just talk to me about this stuff. By the end of the conversation, so okay, uh, any any questions? That's he thinks he's closing. First of all, 
He's never asked a single question about why am I looking for a property? Is it for my personal use? Is it an investment? No. Where do I live right now? Never ask. What do I do for a living? Never ask. Right? Am I married? Never ask. So he knows nothing about me as a prospect, right? As a prospect because, and I promise you'll circle back to role play, but this is important, right? He was focusing on the product, right? The condo, the, the unit, right? The kitchen, the bathroom, right? But he completely neglect me as a prospect, right? And he knows nothing about my problem. And that's how most people sell. You notice how most people sell anywhere in the world. 80, 90% of the time focus on the product. They know nothing about the prospect. They know nothing about the problem. What they don't realize is if you focus on the prospect and you understand their problem, they automatically want to buy your product. Because if you can describe the problems better than they could, they automatically assume that you have a solution and you do have a solution. So you have to think of that first. So when they're asking about, hey, can you give me a discount? Can you give me this and that? Because the prospect can tell the difference between you and all the other agents. That's the true problem. So when people can't make the decisions based on any other factors, what's the only factor they could based on? Price, right? You charge 3%, 2 2.5%, maybe 2%, maybe even give me a kickback. I don't know, right? But because that's the only way I can judge the value that you provide. So let's circle back to your role play. So one so thing you want- know, like, again, you had said that the goal is for, the, for it to never come up, right? You want to make a commission question never come up, anything other agents never come up. You've already mm. tackled that throughout, throughout your presentation. Yeah, and if you ask questions throughout, so instead of to justify, oh, you know, uh, Krista, uh, but I, I am the best. You should pay me 3%. No one cares, right? I'm better. I have more experience, right? I'll do a better job. No one cares. Again, that's ROI, right? They don't believe it. They just been burned. So one thing you never want to do in this case, let's say your prospect says, I'm talking to a few other people. One thing you never do is you never talk down the competitors. You never ever bad mouth your competitors. I have thousands of videos on social media. You will not see one single video of me talking badly about somebody. I have a lot of people talking shit about me. That comes with territory. But I, you will never find one video from Dan Lok talking shit about others. Never. You will not find one. It doesn't exist. I will talk about issues, but I never attack any brand and any person. Never talk to any competitors. So go back to role play. So Chris, that one more time. So, you know, Dan, I like you, you're great, but you know, I have an agent that will do for 2%, one that will do for two and a half. Can you at least match the two and a half percent commission and do it for two and a half percent instead of three? Well, Krista, I understand that. And you said that you've been, you've worked with another agent before and can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, you know, they, they didn't market very well. They just took a sign up. They just put it on the MLS. We didn't get a lot of traffic. They wanted me to reduce my price. I didn't even see any marketing. They just did things like open houses and brokers tour. But you know, now that really even seems to work. Mm. And how how urgent is this for you? Like, how are you thinking of moving to another place? Like, why, why are you selling this place, uh, this, this this house right now? Oh yeah, I feel like the market's just changing, and you know, like the interest rates are moving up quickly. I kind of want to 
I already feel like I'm sort of chasing the market. And so I want to make sure I can sell now for the best price that I can. And I, and I'm, you know, I want to get my kids in the new, the new school before it starts. Can I ask you, Krista, let's say pretend in six months, you don't sell the property. What's going to happen? Oh yeah. That'll suck because my kids will be stuck in a different school and yeah, it won't be good. Mm. How soon you want to sell this property? I want to sell in the next 30 days for sure. 30 days, 30 days. I am so excited about our challenge that we're doing right now to help you get through your stumbling box, to get you excited and motivated and happy and to create more wealth, success and happiness in your life. It is free. It's 21 days long. You can join it anytime. Just go to limitlessprosperity.com. That's limitlessprosperity.com. I will be teaching live every single day from 8 30 a.m. Pacific until 9 a.m. Pacific. Then we have accountability coaches to help move you forward and get you the results that you need. So just go to limitlessprosperitychallenge.com and I will see you there. And why did you come to me in the first place? Um, you know, I saw your videos online and it seemed like you were doing, you were a little different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. In what way? Oh God, you're good. That is good. Um, you know, you just, you seem to be a better marketer. I think right now marketing is really important. Mm. Do you think if, if I do what other agents do, just kind of put up a sign and kind of hope and pray, do you think you're going to get your buyer in 30 days? Uh, probably not. You know, Krista, part of why I charge the 3% is because I don't do the same marketing or if, if they even do any marketing at all, because I know you saw my videos, right? When I say I'm going to take on this listing, right? I have my video crew, I have my production crew. We're going to film videos, we're going to create content, and we're going to blast it on across all my social media to get the exposure of the property. Because in order to get the price that you want, we need to drive a lot of showings and demands. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, especially now. Yeah. Do you think other agents would do that for you? No wonder they could do it for two percent. Because they just put up a sign. I could do it for one and a half percent if you just one put up a sign. Is that what you want, though? Actually, you know what? You're right. I I called you for a reason, Dan. You're hired. Pause. Okay. okay let's do it again because I like that. <laughs> Everyone, you see what he did now. He was showing to you. Well, it's fun. Is this can we put it? Is it fun? Right? It's fun. See, <laughs> closing could be fun. Now, here's the thing. Do you feel that, do you feel that I have the pressure? No. no, but I'm just asking questions. Here's what it is. Am I talking fast and try to justify and convince? No, no. that's great. But notice I spend 80, 90% of my time focusing on the problem and the prospect. I'm not talking about why you should hire me. I'm just saying, hey, this is what it is. I love when you said, um, why did you call me in the first place? Like, like, like I'm telling, I'm convincing myself. I'm <laughs> right. Like I'm telling because, you. Because the way that I teach, my methodology is all about this. The number one best closer in the world is your prospect. I love that. The no one, one could close them better than them. Why would I try to do that? All I need to do is ask very strategic questions and let them come to their own conclusions and say, hey, I, look, I didn't even ask for the sale. Chris, I say, oh, you're hired, done, right? Okay, I got another one for you. This is a hard one, Dan. I'm gonna see, show me your magic. Okay, you show me your magic. Everyone that's watching is gonna be like, I, love I can do this all day, let's do it. Okay, so 
You know what, Dan? Mm -hmm. I was going to buy 60 days ago. The interest rates have doubled. They are 6% now. Mm. My payment has gone up $2,000 and I just, I can't afford it now. Mm. And also I'm afraid there's going to be a crash. The market, I'm afraid the market's going to crash. You're right. I think the market might crash and the interest rate is getting, is going up. Again, uh, Krista, why, why were you looking for a place in the first place? Why don't you just keep renting? Uh, because I'm just throwing my money away and I hate this neighborhood and, you know, I just, I'm, I know I'm throwing my money away, but still, I don't want to pay double what I was going to pay 60 days ago. If you don't like the neighborhood, couldn't you just move to a different place and just pay rent and just lease for now? Yeah, I could do that, but then I'm, then I'm just still throwing my money away. What do you mean when you say throwing money away? Like, explain that to me. Like when I'm paying my rent, it's not, it's, I'm not, it's not going towards anything. I'm paying somebody else's mortgage and it just, you know, it's just been frustrating. I should have bought Dan. I should have bought eight months ago and I knew I should have, but I didn't pull the trigger. And now I'm regretting it because now I'm pretty much can't even afford to. How long have you been a renter? Um, five years. Five years. Okay. Yes. And you were paying how much per month? Um, I, I was, I'm paying around 2,800 a month. $2,800 a month. So can you do the numbers for me? So 2,800 bucks a month times five years to so 12 months. If you were to own a property five years ago, how much equity you would have built up? Oh, I got, I would have built up probably close to $240,000. Wow. Living, living, living in the same place. Living in the same place. Yeah. Hmm. But now I, mean, I think I'm at the top of the market, Dan. Like I'm at the top of the market, I feel like. I mean, I don't know. The interest rates are higher. I think the markets were at the top of the market. So I just don't, I should probably wait longer. Maybe the market's going to crash. And I, I think you should, because no one knows if it's recession is coming and the market's going to crash. Right? As long as you don't mind throwing the money away. And, you know, I would be the last person to try to talk you into, hey, Krista, you should buy property because... Who knows, maybe I got you a property, got you a good investment property that you can live in, right? And six months later, the market crash. Like, because I don't want to do that. That's not what I do, right? But if you think about long-term, let me ask you this before I get off the phone. Long-term, what do you think would happen to the value of the property if we choose the right property for you? Put aside the interest rate for a second. Well, I mean, historically, Markets go down and they go up. I mean, so it, it might take me seven or eight years, but the market historically it always goes up. Are you thinking of moving or thinking of, about staying in the city for like seven, eight years? Oh, and we're going to stay here. I want to wait till my kids graduate from high school. Okay, so let's say. And do you think the interest rate would would keep going up in the next six months, a year? You think it would? Uh, I think it might. Go up. I think it might keep going up. You know, and then eventually it probably isn't keep going up because we have the recession right now and. You know, it's probably going to keep going up. So let me ask you one final question before we go. So you share with me, you and Steve kind of work together, right? Um, and Steve has a job, you work, you, you have your business as well. You guys are working together. If interest rate keeps going up, what do you think would happen to property value? Um, you think they'll get cheaper or more expensive? I don't know if there's a crash, but I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think it, it's probably going to bottom out just or just stay stabilized because people, the government has to do something because they can't keep affording, you know, they can, no one's going to be able to afford it and it's going to be bad. Mm. 
So do you think maybe we should just wait to see a little bit, like just paying rent for now? Maybe, maybe it's not a good time. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I think, why don't we do that instead? So pause after role play. In this case, if she has so many doubts and questions, if I try to push, it may not be the best for her anyway. Yes. Dan, right? keep talking. My dog is stuck upstairs and she's barking. You got it. Keep talking. You, you keep it. talking. You got it. So put in a chat, what have you learned? What have you learned? Do you see that when you are talking less and just asking questions, right? You, you let the prospect do the heavy lifting. Why we work so hard? Why we have to work so hard to try to convince and things like that? If it's not a good fit, it's better to say no. And say, you know what? It's not a good fit. It's not a good time. We, try to, we spend way too much time trying to convince versus disqualified. If we are getting no's, no, 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 no from the prospect, why don't we say no to the prospect as well if it's not a good fit? You shouldn't do it. I don't think you should do it. Now, in this case, I may not get the sell right there and then, there. but then at the same time, I've not lost the trust, right? In this case with Krista, hey, you know what? Krista, maybe in three to six months, if your situation changes and you see like, hey, the market has kind of a little bit more stable and you, you have the confidence, give me a call. You know what was great though, was the questions that you asked like, hey, why did you want to rent? You know, why did you want to buy in the first place? And yeah, why? what do you think is going to happen to interest rates? And very good questions, you know, mm -hmm. very good. Like the people and the problem, the people and the problem. I think if you take anything out of this whole entire message, the people and the problem is the, is the best. And the beautiful thing is you notice now, Krista, we have not rehearsed this in any shape, way or form. I do not have scripts in front of me. Right? I don't have nothing. This is just on the fly. And what it means is to close, you actually don't need a script. Like I'm not a, I think in the beginning you can learn some sort of script. It's better to have something. But once you get good at it, you shouldn't use a script because what you say very much, it depends on what the prospect says to you. It's like playing a chess game. Now, how would I pre-think and predetermine my moves? I can't. I have to see what, what move you're going to make, then I could plan accordingly. So I wouldn't know what objections would come up. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know like what to say. I'll give you one more tip, then you know, we, can, we can maybe wrap this up. One more tip. A lot of people, when they're closing, they focus on what to say, the words. I know you're paying attention to the words, right? What are, what are, what are, what are the questions you ask, right? What, what, how do you handle the objections? That's a tiny percentage of the whole equation. How you say it, your tonality plays a much bigger part. If it's in person, you know, 7% 7, 7 of communication is what you say, right? But the rest is body language and your tonality. Now, yeah. if you're closing on the phone without body language, that means that is like 93%. So let me demonstrate. This is something no one teaches, right? No. One, so I want you to walk away with this. Let me demonstrate something very, very simple. And and I want you to tell me how you feel about the tonality. I'm going to do the same line five different times, like five different ways. And you tell me the same line, how it feels. I'm just going to say like, what can I do for you? As simple as that. Okay. So let me do the first one. And you tell me no filter. First thing, first feeling, first emotion that comes to your mind, just put in the chat. Just no filter. Okay. First one. What can I do for you? Rushed. Yeah, you don't not care. interested. I don't care, right? Little bit rude, right? Little bit rude. So that's the first one. Okay. Second one. 
What can I do for you? <laughs> Same thing. You don't care. <laughs> You're not very confident. I'm bored, right? Bored. I'm not paying attention, right? Yeah. Again, I don't, don't care. No, don't give a crap, right? I just, I'm just here, right? Okay. Third one. What can I do for you? <laughs> Same. Same. Forceful. Yes. Rush. Hurry up. Right. Fourth one. Um, what, what, what can I do for you? No confidence. Scared. No weak. confidence. Unsure. Nervous. Insecure. Okay. Here's the last one. Pay attention. What can I do for you? It, it almost seems like you don't, you know, yeah, you're just not only smooth, but it's like smooth, straightforward, neutral, calm, neutral. I love that. It's like firm. you're just there to serve, but the outcome doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So want to help, but not attached. Yes. So the same line, five different ways. Now, what's the lesson here? Most people lose themselves in the first 30 seconds. They don't even know it. Yeah. When the way you answer the phone, you've all lost the cell. It's just, it took you, it, it would take you, it took you 30 minutes to realize it, but you've lost the cell in 30 seconds. Just the, just the first, the difference is, are you professional? Do you sound rushed? Do you sound you don't care? Just that one line, you've lost the cell. Forget everything else. Forget the questions we, we, we haven't even gotten there. We've lost the cell. And tonality, no one trains you on that. That's what I train people on. You train the tonality because with the right tone, you could say the wrong thing, you would still close the cell. You see, I wasn't focused on, if you listen to the podcast again, I wasn't focused on what I was saying. The tone is so much more important, right? My tonality, I'm asking. You, I could do the same questions, the role play with Krista, but I could do the wrong tonality. It will not work at all. It will not work at all. So I hope that's helpful. So your tonality is key. Dan, I love this. I had fun. And I love how you think it's like a game to you and you, you just yeah, enjoy yeah. it so much, which is it just is. amazing. So yes. thank you so much for being here, everyone. Thank you for watching. You guys have been greatly engaged. What Dan and I are both going to do is this. Just so you all know, I have a challenge that I'm doing right now. It's called Limitless Prosperity. It's, uh, uh, you just go to LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com. That's Limitless prosperitychallenge.com. I'm interviewing people like Dan Locke. In fact, Dan doesn't know this yet, but Dan, I want to see if you'll come on sometime <laughs> in the next two weeks. Today, we had 700 people. Dean Graziasi came on live today and he taught for us. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, we're going to be driving traffic to Dean Graziasi's and Tony Robbins's challenge that's coming up. I'd love to have you on if you want to come out. Maybe I'll reach out to you later. I'd love to have you again. A lot more people. This is for our podcast. But you guys are so welcome. If you want to learn about more people like Dan and learn from them, go to LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com. That's LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com. And we will get, it's free. It's three weeks long. We're going to be helping you have more prosperity, success, happiness, and wealth in your business and your life. And thank you for being here. And now, Dan, I would like people to know how they can get in touch with you. So people, um, you know, you've got over 10 million followers. You're all over so you're a sales genius if people want to learn more about you where can they go to learn more about you uh, at first i don't think i'm a sales genius i'm a student of sales 
right? I'm oh, I love sales. that. I'm not still a sales genius. Um, and ask my mom. She would, she would agree. I'm not a genius <laughs> at anything at all. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm happy that if what I've learned that could benefit you in some way, the lessons I've learned. So, uh, Danlot.com, I mean, that's easiest to find. I'm on social. You can connect with me on YouTube. I have a lot of free content. Um, I believe that's the best way. Start with anything that we have. We have a podcast, highticketexpert.com podcast. You can listen to that. Um, I believe, I want to wrap it up with this, right? Sales is not about trying to sell people something, about closing something. It's about opening a relationship. So okay. this is a way for us to open a relationship. And get to I love it. it. So danloft.com, and he has a podcast called highticketexpert.com. HighTicketExpert.com for his podcast. You can go to that. Dan, thank you. I'm just honored to, to know you it. and for you to be here. You did an amazing job. That was fun. I actually, you were getting me nervous fun. a little bit. Time <laughs> just flies. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Everyone thank say you. bye to Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for being here. Dan was amazing. He is so great. Um, we're going to bring you more and more people like Dan. So make sure you go to LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com, LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com. We are committed over the next month to just over-serve you, over-delivery for you, and just to give you the best of the best, all different types of people. Um, Dan, you know, the more that you're around people like Dan, the more that you're going to be able to be like someone like him, right? So what do they say? Ask who, not how. The more that we bring ourselves around people, and that's what this is all about. And one thing that I know is that people lose momentum. They lose belief, they, use, they lose excitement. And the more that you're around these type of people, the more that you're going to be able to like know in your heart of hearts that you can do this because you can. So my goal is to expose you to as many people as possible, not just me, to all these wonderful badass people so you can thrive. Um, and I will see you guys tomorrow. So go to LimitlessProsperityChallenge.com. You're welcome. If you're already there, great. Please, everyone, invite your friends, invite your family. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Appreciate you.